Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living and another segment that we're recording from the venue of ASI 2019. We're in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, we're just uh, enjoying all the folks here who are making such a difference in Indian country and beyond. The folks sitting across from me are no exception to what we've been seeing throughout our time here in Louisville. We now have a couple of individuals who represent an interesting group. It's called Farm Stew International. Susan Cherney and Edwin Dysinger, great to have you both with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, uh, Susan, you are the chairman of the board of Farm Stew. This sounds like an unusual name, and I'll be honest with you, from the first time I heard of it, I said this sounds like kind of a weird name for an organization. (laughs) Um, What is Farm Stew all about? Well, Farm Stew was uh, started three and a half years ago by our founder and president, Joy Kaufman. And um, she is a, a graduate of Johns Hopkins University with her master's in public health, and she also has a master's in nutrition. And she had been going to Africa or had gone to Africa with USA to, um, to help them grow soybeans. They were growing them, but she was there to, to help. Um, them do more with the soybeans. Uh And while there, just with her background and observations, this this pretty much came to her. And Farm Stew is an acronym, which stands for F for farming, A Uh for attitude, R for rest, M for meals, S for sanitation, T for temperance, E for enterprise, and W for water. Wow. So you've got this, it's a comprehensive program that's trying to make an impact primarily in Africa. Is that where it's based? That's correct. We focus, I'm sorry. uh, We like to say that these these eight different letters are the ingredients for the recipe for an abundant life. Yes. Okay, the recipe for an abundant life. Yes. So here's here's why I'm interested in, in the case of American Indian living. Of course, indigenous peoples in Africa that you're working with, are different than indigenous people in, in the Americas, but there's often, you know, commonalities when we speak about First Nation peoples throughout the world. Yes. And so the kind of things that you're doing sound like, from the little I know, may have some applicability to Native Americans here on this continent. So right. we're really wanting to learn what you're doing. And you're the board chairman. Edwin, what is your role with Farm Stew? Well, I'm a board member that... Um, I've, I've had quite a bit of experience working in Africa, and so, and I've also had experience farming here in the States, and this is a chance to kind of bring both of those things together. Now, this is the association I most often hear with you, because I've, yeah. I've met a number of people, they say, oh, I'm going to, to work on Edwin Dysinger's farm and, <laughs> and learn uh, its organic farming techniques yes. that you're using, right? Yes. So I know you've gotten quite a reputation with some of the people that I uh, hang around with from time to time. So you've got a, a bona fide farmer who knows what he's doing yes. as one of the members of the Farm Stew team, at least at a board level, right? Yes, that is true. And he does an excellent job. He also works on uh, preparing our curriculum 
Uh, we have a curriculum team, and he is a very important member of that, uh, putting the whole uh, program together so that we can go and teach it to others. So I know there's a challenging venue. Today, uh, as we're recording toward the close of uh, ASI, we do have a lot of uh, announcements. And uh, those of you who are tuning in, you're definitely getting the full flavor of the event here in the uh, convention center in Louisville, Kentucky. So, Susan, let's talk about how your organization works. So where are you working specifically and what do you do? Right. So we have focused primarily on sub-Sahara Africa because that is where um, the hungry are. And uh, we were focusing mainly on the poor rural areas, but now our mission is really to help the poor and vulnerable people around the world. Okay. Um, so basically, um, and, the, and the reason that we work with the people there is one out of three children are severely malnourished. And wow, the statistics, one of three. One of three. And this is a shocking statistic that five children under the age of five die every minute. And so our team training over there can make a huge impact on the people's lives there. And it has been. Uh, we've been doing this for three and a half years now. And so far we've done 3,000 hands-on participatory classes. And we've touched the lives of 56,000 people. Okay, so. wow. So as a farmer, Edwin... What excites you about what's happening with farm stew, and how might it be generalizable to other communities throughout the world? We, as you could guess from what Susan has said, we have kind of a nutrition emphasis. Uh -huh. Joy Kaufman's a nutritionist, so she has that outlook. But um, nutrition starts in the garden. Okay, fair enough. And um, you know, for people who have a limited diet, we're we're trying to improve. You know the their their diet is is limited and it's also often heavily starch based. Okay. There's there's usually you know something like cassava uh -huh. or maize or sorghum or something like that. That's uh -huh. the, the mainstay. In some places it's bananas. Okay. But um, all of those things are white. Interesting. And and so we're trying to teach them to to have a, a colored diet. Mm -hmm. We talk to them about eating a rainbow. Okay. And, and we actually, when we're teaching this, we, we get a bunch of different vegetables of different colors and chop them all up small and actually arrange them like a rainbow on a plate. It's very attractive. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I noticed your logo you know, is actually the name Farm Stew, and all the letters are different colors. Is that part of the same idea? That's, That's yeah. correct. Our same rainbow yeah. theme yeah. of colors. Okay. And it's interesting because the... We have on our display uh, two babies, as an example, uh, babies that their mothers have eaten the, the typical African diet of the white starchy foods, and their babies are stunted. They're smaller. Mm -hmm. So the babies that the mothers are eating the rainbow of vegetables and fruits and legumes, um, soybeans um, is really important because we teach them how to make soy milk, and then they learn to make products out of that soy milk with tofu. But Soybean is, you know, the the protein value of that is huge, mm -hmm. and and so you can see the difference when the mothers eat that healthy diet. Their babies are healthy; they're bigger. Um, that's a that's a major problem with the the children over in Africa is their growth their growth is stunted. So you can you can see on a chart, you know, there's a line above their head, and they should all be there, but uh -huh. but they're a lot shorter. So, you know, just teaching this this method um, is having a huge impact. What's so interesting to me is we've had many. Uh, native experts and native health educators on the show over the years, 
And many of them have talked with us about the three sisters, which are, are spoken of yes. in, in many places of in, in Indian country. And yeah. it really incorporates a lot of what you're talking about because it's yes. not just the corn. Right. They've got the beans in the equation and then the squash, you know, the, the vegetables. Especially the orange squash. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. that's, that's really high in vitamin A and other, you know, color is usually an indicator that there, there's some high nutritional value there. So basically, one of the take-home messages already from your work with indigenous peoples in Africa is if someone, wherever they're at, whether they're in an urban area in America, whether they're on a reservation, wherever they're at, trying to eat that variety of colors, eating more of those fruits and vegetables yes. with the varied colors. So that's a, yeah. a very great and practical message. Yeah. Susan, what other kind of key messages do you try to teach people when you're working in their communities? Well, you know, our acronym, we kind of go through the different letters of Farm Sioux, and one of the things has been to teach the people how to have a, uh, how to prepare healthy meals, a whole food, plant-based diet. And um, so we teach them, and in our, our, our classes, they're hands-on, so they cut everything up, and we show them how to, how to prepare that. Some other things, though, are water. Water is so important just for them to even drink. And, you know, it's really it's really hard for them because sometimes they have to walk miles to get water. Uh -huh. But just drinking water alone has served to help them with a lot of their ailments and headaches and achy joints and just not feeling well. But also for, you know, cleanliness, washing their hands. We uh, teach how to make uh, tippy taps, which is something very basic. But um, it just them washing their hands helps to prevent a lot of illnesses that they can incur. And one of the things that we also uh, teach, and maybe Edwin can talk on the enterprise part, but one of the things that, that meant a lot to me when I became part of Farm Sioux is a lot of the people that are that are very poor, they don't have access or they can't purchase sanitary products for, for the ladies, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. girls, for instance. And, you know, in those areas, they use rags, they use leaves, it's, mm. it, and they get sick, they get uh, infections. Uh -huh. uh, ladies who have babies, they die. So we... Um, and also the girls have to stop going to school because they don't have uh, products that they can use. Mm. And so what we've done is we go in and we work with a company called Afropads there. Uh -huh. And we supply that product. And it's, it's reusable. It's good for a year. And that alone has changed many lives because the girls are so excited. They can stay in school. Hmm. Um, and so that, that is something that... Um, uh, and plus, we also teach sex education with it, so uh -huh. there's a lot of information that goes into it. But we're very, we're very happy about that because if we can keep these girls in school, and they can learn and be educated, then it, it can change a, a whole generation. So you're saying there's some kind of sanitary pads that can be washed and reused? That's correct. No. Okay, it's a, it's a kit. It includes three daytime pads. It includes a nighttime pad, but it also comes with panties. And then the sex education or, or just health education with uh -huh. that, what, what's happening with their bodies. And also for the young men to understand what's happening. So it, it is a, it's a really good, good thing. So, Edwin, you're very interested in the enterprise end of things. So what does that all involve? Okay. Um, there, there are several components to this that we're, we're still developing. But the, probably the, the place that we start in each community is, is we try to set up uh, a village savings and loan association. Interesting. Because a lot of these um, communities are at some distance from banking services. They don't have any, you know, it's not easy for them to bank. Uh-huh. And so they, we set up a, a village savings and loan. They, they, it's a group of people who commit to work together and, 
they they each make their own commitment that I'm going to save X amount uh-huh. every week. And so uh-huh. they, they, they have a meeting. They each bring their money. They put it in a box. One person keeps the box. Three other people have keys that they keep with them. So, you know, you, to, to get into the box, you have to get all four people together. Okay. And so... Um, and they have they have record books, you know, pass books, and and everything. So it's it's a very well organized and, and neat system. So once they've they've saved for a while, they have a, a fund of money that they've collected in that box, and they'll start giving out loans to each other hmm. for you know just for small projects. But it's mm-hmm. very helpful for them to be okay. able to access a, a larger sum of money. And you know if they if they didn't have this. That money just gets, you know, lost here and there. Uh, right, right. Well, that's very interesting. So we've heard a lot in uh, economic circles about these micro loans and micro loan yes. programs. It's really kind of based on that same system. It's it's very similar to that, except the money has come from within their community. Right, it's right. Not outside money. Interesting. So basically, I'm I'm listening with an ear for impoverished areas here in the U.S. Of course, some tribal areas people are are doing very well. They've had you know economic success, good you know tribal leadership. Other places, even with good leadership, there's you know really daunting uh, financial challenges. And I'm just starting to ask myself some questions, like uh, you know, one, even these uh, these sanitary products, are they available in the U.S.? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that because um, we work with an African company, like I said, called Afropads. But we, we do have um, different people that we have worked with through a church situation where they mm-hmm. make them and um, as part of a mission. And we've taken those over. But as far as an actual company, I mean, I mean, obviously, we have products in this country. I mean, let me right, back up. Right, I guess right. we, we have the products for that. But as far as the reusable for a year... Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Oh, you yeah. had one for in the I'm, country? You know, I I don't know for certain, but I believe if if you were to do a, a Google search, you'd we, find We'd probably some. find something. Yeah. And, and then, you know, tying that in with the whole enterprise end of things, what I'm hearing from you is anyone that can just save a little bit of money can, uh, you know, really f- leverage that. And whether it's starting some new kind of enterprise-like, even something as practical as we're speaking about for, you know, for women, right. uh, you know, could make a difference. Well, you have got uh, a lot of interesting experience. I know you've got a lot more insights. We want to learn from those uh, insights. Can you stay by for another segment on today's edition of the show? Yes. Yes. We've got to step away just for a couple of minutes, though. We will be right back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're speaking with folks representing Farm Stew International. Susan Cherney is the chairman of the board. Edwin Dysinger is also a board member. And we're in the venue of ASI 2019. If you've been listening to shows from this venue, uh, tonight is actually the final evening of the uh, ASI event here in Louisville, Kentucky. And as a result, it is an even noisier venue with uh, a lot more people here, a lot more announcements. But uh, when we have great guests, we definitely want to uh, to utilize them. And uh, Susan and Edwin uh, have been gracious to stay by. We're speaking about Farm Stew. We learned it was an acronym. And Edwin, remind us what those uh, eight elements are that uh, comprise Farm Stew. Yes, F is for farming. Mm-hmm. A is for attitude. R is for rest, M is for meals, S is for sanitation, T is for temperance, E is for enterprise, and W is for water. Well, we've talked about the first and the last one a bit. We've talked about the farming. We've talked about the water. I'm fascinated by the A, attitude, because a lot of times people won't put that in the equation when they're speaking about a healthy lifestyle. Susan, when you're educating folks in Africa about attitude, is it do they have a problem with attitude in general, or is it a, a global problem? How would you define it? Well, I mean, I think it probably is a global problem. We have problems with attitude here. Okay. Um, and as you can imagine over there, I mean, they're living in, in uh, you know, really tough situations, and their, their children are malnourished, their children are dying. There's a lot of illnesses, and just extreme poverty and so what we just try to encourage is for them to you know make the choice to have a positive attitude you know if you choose to have a positive attitude it it affects you uh your whole mental outlook um we can always just tend to to look at the problems that we have but we can we can choose to to say today i'm gonna i'm gonna 
be happy. I'm going to look at the positive. I'm going to look at what I do have in my life. And, um, and so we just really stress that with them. I don't know, Edwin, if you have anything more to add. Well, on you that. can't really make progress in life. You can't come up out of a pit with a negative attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, so you're basically this, this focus on the positive. I think that's a, a powerful message. And I mean, our, our firm, too, is a, a whole body approach, you know, uh-huh. so it's not only teaching them you know, how to have healthy meals and how to eat, drink water, and grow your gardens and all that. But we want to affect their whole body. That's their mental outlook. And, and you know, honestly, the better you feel, you know, the, the easier it is to be positive. So we try to approach all of those things. No, I mean, it's a great message. So wherever you're listening today, whether you're on a reservation, whether you're behind a, a wheel right now of a car, whether you're in an urban setting and you're tuning in, whether you're native or not, this, uh, this power of mental outlook is really a, a powerful thing. We come then to R, and, uh, you know, this, this concept of rest, it's interesting to me that as a physician and as a health educator over the years, I've noticed that uh, we tend to gravitate to one or other area as people. Some people are very good uh, with being disciplined and doing specific things, those people often have trouble uh, with rest, making time to rest. Other people tend to be good with uh, resting and taking breaks, and they're not as good in the enterprise area. How do you educate people to have that balance? There's a time for everything. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Are, are there certain principles, universal principles of rest? Yes. You know, if you're... Um, like I said, there's a time to work. We have day, daylight uh-huh. as, as a time to work. Okay. And, and night is a time for rest. Uh-huh. And so if, if you're occupied with work, especially if it's physical work, like working in the garden during the daytime, mm-hmm. you're going to sleep. And, and also in addition to that, I mean, our creator designed a, a seven-day week, basically. Okay. I mean, just the cycles of time. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, so he designed it for us to work six days and to rest on the seventh day. And so we do, we do talk to them about working hard, mm-hmm. uh, but taking a day of rest. Even your land is to rest on and a, and a seven-year cycle. We, we, we teach that, too. You teach that principle yeah. of a fallow year or whatever yes. out of seven. Yeah. And as a farmer, have you found that to be uh, really effective? You know, on our farm, we are, we're trying it out. Uh-huh. My brother has, has just finished uh, a fallow seventh year and he's he's starting the the first year after that and he's feeling like there's there's a big improvement interesting yeah so in the past we before doing this we we would um rest individual pieces so we would kind of have a cycle of crops with a Uh kind of a rest period in there and that's that's really good too it's Uh another way of doing it so basically, you're teaching this principle of rest in the farming arena. You're teaching it in the enterprise arena. Really, a whole life approach. The whole approach. life, right. Yes. right. Now, here in the, uh, in the U.S., of course, um, most places have access to power and you know, it's reliable. Uh, you can find some remote areas in Indian country and elsewhere where people may be you know, off the grid, may not have access to, uh, to reliable power. But um, how is it in Africa? Is it a temptation to be burning the midnight oil, so to speak? It really is. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, in, in city situations, you know, I, I see kids up 
10, 11 o'clock at night going strong. And that's, that's one thing we're, we are introducing also is we're, you know, for people who are in situations where they have power, we're encouraging them that, you know, we, we have to exercise some discipline ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have to do that. Sure. And, and <laughs> we're trying to find the balance yeah. ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what does the M again stand for in farm stew? Meals. Meals. So we teach them how to grow the garden. It's a very specific uh, program on uh, teaching them how to grow things. We supplement them with seeds and saplings. And then once their their produce grows and they have their vegetables, um, their soy milk, um, we teach them how to eat uh, whole food, plant-based diets. Um, mm. Matter of fact, we, we actually have a little cafe over in Uganda where they can come in and eat and see how meals can be uh, really good, you know. And so uh, in our classes itself, they have to participate in cutting everything up. And I don't know, Edwin, do they actually make the meals at that time when they're... So there are certain dishes that they actually prepare in the in the education Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you're just not telling them, here's good foods to eat. You're actually showing them recipes and menus that they can, can yeah, use and incorporate. Yeah, it's very practical, the th- things that they can take home and... Now, and they also have to, they make their, like you're talking about electricity and so forth, they make their soy milk. They, there's a certain, what is a the, mortar. A mortar and, yeah, and a they, big stick, and they actually put the soybeans in there, and they're pounding that, and they do that, and we teach them how to make soy milk. So no electricity is needed. Okay, so they don't need a blender. No, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> that, that kind of blew my mind the first time I saw them doing it out in the village, just, uh-huh. you know, a dirt track out there and, you know, mud shops on each side. We set up under a a tree and and taught people how to make soy milk right there which is great for for our enterprise because then they can sell that they they make tofu they they uh, use the porridge from it they make soy cakes and they they can sell that and make money and their extra produce i mean they're they're able to uh, have enough money to send their children to school mm-hmm. and have enough money for what what they need this is really an important message for populations especially those whether we speak in indian country or indigenous uh, populations and close to the equator because what we know in in the medical world is that you know other than northern europeans who retain this uh, this enzyme this lactase enzyme to digest uh, cow's milk uh, often for a fairly long time many other populations they lose the ability to digest cow's milk and uh, you know many people who have other roots they gravitate to some of these options that have become popular over the centuries, uh, you know, with Europeans, and uh, they can't handle the milk. They're getting digestive issues. So you're really teaching them an alternative beverage that they can easily make and can actually grow the raw materials for it, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. And it's actually, it's interesting. There are are some tribes in in South Sudan, which is another country we're working in, who... um, they're cattle tribes, uh-huh. and and they they compete with each other for grazing lands and, uh-huh. and that sort of thing, and it's it's caused a lot of harm. A lot of people have have been killed. A lot of destruction in this competition. And um, when we started teaching them how to make the the milk from soybeans, it was like a, a light bulb. Maybe we don't need to have this competition for cows anymore. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. They actually said in the refugee camp, you're, yeah. you're actually bringing peace to, to our people here yeah. because really? they're not having to fight against each other. They can yeah. grow it. 
Isn't that crazy? It is amazing. Yeah. And, and, of course, it takes much less land, right, to yes. grow the soybeans than it does to graze cattle. Yeah. yeah. And the, the thing that, that works really well is, Edwin referenced, we're in South Sudan. We're in Uganda, and we're partnering with an orphanage uh, in Zimbabwe. And what, what makes us successful is that we actually train the, the local people. We hire um, in, uh, educated African trainers in the farms to ingredients, uh-huh. uh, those eight ingredients. And then once they're trained, they go into the community. And they go into all areas. They go into schools, universities, churches, mosques. We're in um, orphanages. We've gone into the prisons. And they train their own people. And so they can go further into Africa than where we could even go. And then it's they have volunteers and their teams, and it just it, we want it to be. Wow, wow! This is uh, this is amazing stuff. You know, here I thought we would uh, we would get through a lot of this in our first couple segments, but I don't know. Are you guys flexible to stay at least around for another segment? I am. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We are going to come back. I've got some important questions about the switch from dairy and some other things that I think my listeners are interested in. We're going to be back with more from the team at Farm Stew, more on American Indian living coming up right after this. Don't go away. American Indian living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Dr. David DeRose back with 
American Indian living. We are halfway through the show, and we are enjoying, at least I'm enjoying my time with Susan Cherney and Edwin Dysinger. They're telling us about an organization called Farm Stew International. I've got a burning question about what we were speaking about in the last segment. They were telling us about how they are sowing peace in Uganda by helping tribal people be less dependent on cattle, which was causing strife and bloodshed. And now they're teaching them to use soy milk, to grow soybeans, to make soy milk without electric power. You guys, I mean, you definitely got my interest, but I'm, I'm asking myself a question. I mean, these folks grew up using cow's milk. What was the reaction when you make this soy milk? Did they say this stuff is nasty, it's terrible? Um, what happened? No, the, the universal reaction is it's, this is really good. Really? And the thing is, is that um, a lot of these people, the, the cow is a big thing in their traditions. Uh-huh. But in their current situation, South Sudan it was actually in South Sudan, not in Uganda. Oh, okay. So this is, but they, they've, they've been having civil war. Mm. And so they don't, they don't have all the cows that they, they used to have. And so it's, it's, it's not accessible to them. In, in Uganda, um, a lot of the people, most of the people don't have cows. Oh, okay, and okay. They would like to, you know, it would be a nice thing in their, in their minds, but uh -huh. they're, we're dealing with people who, who are poor, and that's a, that's a high-cost item for them. Uh-huh. So basically, we're teaching people to have a, a very nutritious, protein-rich beverage that, uh, that they can grow themselves. Yes. They can, and they love it. The children love it. Uh -huh. um, I mean, we have pictures of the, the little, small children just barely holding the cup, and they just drink it down. They love it. And the, and the mothers love it because it's bringing so much nutrition to their children. I mean, you can see a child in Africa that's severely malnourished or, or is deficient in vitamins and minerals because their hair turns red. So an African baby should not have red hair. Okay. So, you know, the mothers and the fathers, they love their children just like we love our children, and they want their children to be healthy. So when they see that this is something that can fill their children's bellies, that they can make tofu or porridge or other products with it, and they can grow it, and, you know, they're happy. They love it. Now, I'm understanding that you folks have some online resources, like a curriculum that could be used here in Indian country or in Southeast Asia or any place in the world. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, and Edwin was very instrumental on, on creating, working on that curriculum. Um, we're very excited. We're just launching it here at ASI, and it truly um, has us going international because it's on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And it's a free um, course. We call it the uh, Farms to Basic, and it's an educational program. Um, they can access it by going onto our website, www.farmstew.org. Uh -huh. And it's an eight-hour course, and at the end of it, um, they can uh, get a certification I don't know, Evan, is there more that we want to say about that? Well, I would just say it. what it covers is the some basic lessons on each of these letters in the acronym. Uh -huh. so, and so we're calling it FarmSkew Basic. We're working on another curriculum that's FarmSkew Pro that's going to take each one in more depth. Okay. And so, that one we would like to do in person. So let's speak to people specifically in Indian country. And some of them are listening today. Maybe they're a, a tribal health leader. Maybe they're a, um, a community health worker. And they're listening. They're saying, boy, I mean, some of this stuff they're talking about might be helpful in my community. 
Do you think, Edwin, that this might be applicable to, say, someone on the Navajo Nation or someone in uh, the Northern Plains? Do you see what I'm asking? Yes, I think a lot of it will be. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if I can remember farmstew.org, that's all I need to remember? That's yeah. correct, yes. And it's farm just like a farm that grows produce? F-A-R-M. And stew just like stew that you you eat? And it's designed for the individual. And so they can go on and it goes through just our basic program of what our farm stew ingredients are. And so uh, it would be helpful for anyone. There's videos. There, there's just a lot of information. And then next year we're rolling out our Farm Stew Pro, okay. which actually will be a hands-on class, and, and a trainer would need to be there to okay. conduct that. So that's good for organizations. So uh, those of you tuning into American Indian Living today, you're like me learning about Farm Stew, and I'm learning it's an acronym. It's a mnemonic, uh, a memory device as well as where each letter Stands for something. F for farming, A for attitude, R for rest, M for meals. I'm doing okay so far? Yes. Yes. Now, what does the S stand for? Sanitation. 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 Now, you mentioned briefly, Susan, about, you know, water. Is there more to to sanitation? I mean, you mentioned the, you know, female health issues a little bit, but are those the main emphases? The other other things we're teaching are, you know, for, for a lot of Africans, they don't have plumbing to okay. their house, and and so we're we're teaching them to to make a a very simple dish rack out of sticks, so huh. that when they wash their dishes, they can set them up on that to dry, and the, and the chickens and animals won't be running over them that wow. sort of thing. So it's it's a little cleaner that way. Uh huh. And and then we're teaching them about having a a good clean latrine. Okay. Um, they, that they can use. And, and uh, general cleanliness of their homes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Learning to keep things their, clean. Yes. So, you know, it's interesting. You know, we're talking about these concepts in, uh, in places that don't have a lot of resources. But it's surprising to me, as I've been throughout the U.S., and I'm speaking of, you know, a variety of cultural contexts where sometimes people's situations, their living situations... I mean, it may have been an urban area. They've got plumbing and other things. And, you know, the home or the apartment is really just filthy. Um, these things definitely can have health implications, can't they? Definitely, yes. Okay, so we've got farm stew. The S is for, uh, for sanitation. The T, uh, this is a word that I've used before, too. And I, I've noticed when I use the word Temperance in many circles, a lot of people start raising their eyebrows. Some people may know a little bit of history, at least in the U.S., and they'll say temperance. Isn't that something to do with uh, the Women's Christian Temperance <laughs> Union? I, I thought this, this <laughs> yeah. you might find this interesting. I thought that was just something in antiquity, but I actually, when I was working in New England, a woman came to me. She said, I'm part of the WCTU. The organization still exists. Wow. But when, when we speak about temperance and when you talk to people in indigenous communities in Africa, what are you talking to them about? Well, we're talking about um, abstaining from alcohol. Oh, okay. And um, alcoholism is a, is a big issue. You know, for, for a lot of these people, there isn't much to do for recreation. Okay. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a good way to escape and they they make their own alcohol huh but um we're we believe there's more to life than that Uh and and you know our our whole thing 
our whole farm stew idea is that you know we can fill life with more than that, better things, and um, so that you can live an abundant life. Because alcohol you, brings a lot of issues that uh, are not always a positive thing. Right. So. When you say they make their own alcohol, what are they fermenting to make alcohol in Africa? Uh, it's, it depends on where you are. So give us places, an example. Some places it's bananas. Bananas, yeah. really? One place I lived, it, it was bamboo. Bamboo? Yeah, they, they would get a, a, a liquid out of the, a special kind of bamboo there. Um, you know, it, it's different things in different places. Now, do they distill alcohol? Do they have? They don't do that. I'm, I would imagine, huh? You know, I haven't actually seen right. the whole process. I, I, I don't think they do. Yeah. You know, the other thing though with tea with temperance is moderation and things and self control. Okay. And you know, one of the things that we we talk to about with the young girls too, or the the ladies, we talk about. You know, the sex education. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's a really important component because uh, we teach about waiting to have sex until your marriage, preserving mm. your family, respect for your spouse, and, and saving that intimacy for marriage because the diseases that are transmitted um, are horrible, and mm. they just ravage a person's life. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, waiting to have your children in a... In, the marriage relationship um, just starts that family off so much stronger. Um, and, you know, things happen. Right. But um, to choose to think about that and to choose to wait and abstain and, and preserve preserve that intimacy for marriage is a big thing. We educate the girls, but we're also trying to educate the guys over mm -hmm. there, too, to respect the girls, to mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's culturally, it's it's different. But if, if we can start teaching that and try to make a difference there, um, try to help make healthy families, um, would be would be so beneficial to having an abundant life. You know, when we talk about our focus. A lot of people, when they think sexually transmitted diseases in Africa, they think HIV. Mm -hmm. Is that a real problem in most of the countries where you're working? It is. Mm -hmm. Yes. What I find surprising here in the United States is that we're really seeing a resurgence in many sexual transmitted diseases here. A lot of people think, you know, these were things, uh, you know, in the bygone days, but we are seeing uh, rises in many of the, the STDs. And, of course, uh, this message that you're sharing is needed everywhere. It is. It's needed here in our country. I mean, our young people now, uh, it's like, Anything goes. But what they don't realize are the consequences of that. I mean, I had a young woman I was talking with. She had two sexually transmitted diseases. Uh -huh. She had been in the hospital for six days. We didn't want to tell her parents wow. about it. And, you know, you're also setting yourself maybe for not being able to have children because these diseases can, can really cause a lot of damage. And I think nowadays here or there, um, young people don't realize um, the consequences that that can have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about the E? What does that stand for in the farm stew mnemonic? Well, that's the enterprise, and that's what we were yeah. talking about. That's the about enterprise. With, yes, okay, we had that. We had the W, the, the, the water. I'll just say uh, yeah. uh, the, another thing we do on the E is uh -huh. when we have these weekly meetings, we, I mentioned before that we, we have these village savings and loans groups. Right. They, they get together every week, but we when they when they get together every week, we 
teach about managing your money in a good way as well. We have a, a series of lessons on that. Oh, really? So you actually teach financial principles? Yes. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Now, I guess the big question for everyone is you're doing all this great work. Where does your funding come from? We actually get our funding from donors. We have some very supportive donors. Of course, we uh-huh. could always use more donors. Okay. Uh, but our president and founder, Joy Kaufman, uh, she writes grants. Wow. Um, and, um, and we get funds from that. So uh-huh. primarily, we're, we're a 501c3 organization. We're a nonprofit. Uh, so that's primarily where we get our funds from. Most of our funding so far is coming from individual donors. From individual yeah. donors. Some, so, some uh-huh. larger, mostly smaller. Okay. Yeah. So if someone wants to donate to Farm Stew, how do they do it? They can go online to our website. Again, that's www.farmstew.org. Uh-huh. And uh, it's very simple. Um, and when you become a donor, we sign you up for our newsletter so that you can see the stories. The stories are phenomenal. Very and nice. And so um, you can also access on YouTube. We have videos that people can watch of Joy and Edwin and others over there. Very good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules here at ASI to join us. I've enjoyed learning about farms, too. For those of you tuning in today, we're not done with today's edition of American Indian Living. We wind up with another amazing guest from here in Louisville, Kentucky. Don't go away. Our final segment comes up right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand, and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're going from Africa and the work of Farm Stew to right here in the United States in an amazing, life-changing story. Just a little bit of background. I was speaking at a conference in Wisconsin earlier this year, and I ran into someone who I knew by the name of Eve, Y-V-E-S. Eve, I was shocked to see you. You looked a mere shadow of your former self. Tell us what's been happening in your life. Well, uh, some people have been saying, you sound the same, but you look very different. Uh, it started about a year ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I weighed... A lot more than I do now, about 260 pounds. Okay. And uh, I went for my physical, and uh, blood pressure was high. Had started taking blood pressure medication. Uh, the doctor had some labs done, and uh, there were some concerns about my liver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when I sat down with the doctor, I said, so what can we do? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, what other pills can I take okay. to fix the problems that I have? And uh, he said, you know, what you really could do if you lost weight, you probably would take care of all of the above. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I walked out of the doctor's office with this challenge in my mind. I don't think he, he really, I haven't seen him since. I oh, can't, really? I, I can't wait to see him. I've got a, an appointment with him soon. So, uh, I, you know, he probably figured, you know, I've told plenty of people lose weight and, and nothing happens. Uh-huh. So probably here's another one. But I went home and I said, you know, I've, I've got to make some changes. So changes I made, eliminate soda. Okay. No soda, zero. No more sodas. How much were you drinking before? I wasn't taking a whole lot, but, you know, a couple times a week. That's all, just a couple times a week. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't okay. A, but juices as well and that i was drinking a lot more and and people think well as long as it's juice uh it's fine but juice is also loaded can be loaded with sugars you're right so, so basically only water only for water okay. only water only water uh i'm originally from switzerland and that's why i have this unique name uh-huh. french-speaking part of switzerland it's a french name so uh, i love chocolate wow okay cheese i mean switzerland chocolate and cheese so that had to go Chocolate altogether, uh, cheese, pretty much all gone too. But really? here and there, so you know that's that's gone. Uh, so those are some of the the, the 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 things that I changed, and also eat less and eat better. What mm-hmm. I mean by better, uh, more raw foods, okay. more more fruit, uh-huh. uh, more vegetables, uh, less bread, uh, and and so I, that was not all. And then I decided. Well, probably to complement the uh, the changes in what I'm taking into my body, I probably should also exercise some more mm-hmm. because uh, here's how it works. If, if I can take in less that I burn, I should probably lose some weight. Right, right. And, uh, and, 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 and so I, I proceeded forward. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I approach this with realistic uh, expectations. In one month, I'm not going to lose 50 pounds. Okay. In one month, I'm not going to lose 30 pounds. I've got to go at it with the idea it's going to take a while. It's going to take many, 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 many months. Mm-hmm. But if I stick with it, I should start to see some results. And at first, 
nothing. It's really? Like, oh, it's like I, I'm, I'm, it, nothing's happening. Nothing's moving. And then suddenly, psh, I started to dwindle. So okay. my, most of my weight loss happened in a short time span, but, but the work and the, the changes had already taken place. Uh-huh. And then suddenly, uh, you know, essentially started to melt. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's been a, a good journey. So I started, you know, when you look at the BMI scale, off the charts. Okay, okay. For my, so you're, you're, for my height. You're and scoring obese. 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 And, all. and uh-huh. then it was cool to see that now I'm, I'm the overweight section. Okay. And then finally, finally in the last month, I reached the, uh, uh, you are at your normal weight, which was awesome. Wonderful. I was so excited. So how much weight have you lost? About 80 pounds. 80 pounds. 80 pounds. And this is over just about a year? About a year. This is amazing. And so you shared with us these these very simple principles, but as simple as they are, I think a lot of the listeners are saying this must have been really rough because you talked about two of your three of your favorite foods or regular things you were using: the juices, the chocolate, the cheese. How tough was that to get those out of the program? You know, I was pretty determined. Uh-huh. So it, 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 don't buy it. It won't be a temptation. Okay. So, okay. you know, that's that's the thing. So when we go to the grocery store, I just avoid those aisles and uh, focus on the on the healthier food. Uh, and, uh, and, it, and it worked out. Uh, it, uh, it, you know, and, and one thing that cannot be overlooked is the spiritual element. Hmm. You know, God is, is definitely part of the journey. And, you know, God helped me. To, to, to be more diligent, to be more careful in what I take into my body. Uh, exercise, for example, it means getting up a little earlier. Okay, okay. It, 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 you know, at times in the morning, I wake up and it's like, man, I do not want to go for a walk. And the exercise, let me add this, uh-huh. it's not some crazy uh, fitness program. Okay. It's walking. So it's, you can do that anywhere pretty much, And right? I can do that anywhere. Uh, I'm here at a hotel. The hotel has uh, 21 stories. Hey, go up and down the stairs. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's just a matter of I'm going to do it. I have to do it. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. But uh, if I'm going to keep this up, I, 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 I need to do it. And, and the, the cool thing about it, I feel great. I feel so much better, uh-huh. more energy. And uh, I can squeeze more stuff into my day because my mind is working far better. There's no question that there's a connection between the body and the mind. No, this is tremendous. And one of the exciting things to me, you know, for those of you that are listeners, you don't know this until I tell it to you, but I travel a lot, and I've been at a number of, of conferences and conventions uh, this uh, last few months. I've ran into Eve at two different conferences. This is the second time, and both times, because I'm a regular exerciser early in the morning. I've run into Eve. He, he, here, I've seen you on the stairs. I don't know whether I was coming in or going out from exercise or just taking the stairs for some other reason. And uh, when I was in Wisconsin there, we crossed paths more than once. We were out there exercising around the same time. So what I hear you saying is weight loss, in your experience, was a matter of making some decisions relatively simple to articulate, but maybe a bit more challenging to stick with. Is that fair to say? Uh, Absolutely. Let me tell you. I wanted an easier way to do this. I, uh, I've known for quite a while I needed to lose weight. So I talked to a doctor friend of mine. I said, listen, is there a pill I can take? Okay. I, I just want to take something that will help me lose my weight, uh, increase my metabolism, uh-huh. and get better. And he looked at me and said, Eve, there's no such thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, what you hear right and left, it tells you do this and do that and you lose weight. It's, it, most of it is just, uh, it's just fake. It's a scam. Mm-hmm. So... 
you know, so it was a lifestyle change. It, 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 all the things that I did are really not rocket science. Eat better, mm-hmm. eat less, exercise more, and, uh, and be perseverant. And don't expect overnight changes. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. You know, I look at the mirror and say, man, I, I, it's true. I don't look like I used to. Uh-huh. And uh, the, the funny part about all of this, I still have the fat mentality. I, okay. I, I, it's hard for me to realize that I'm, I'm no longer overweight. I still think of myself as overweight because I've been overweight for, for decades. Uh-huh. I'm back to the weight I was when I graduated from college. That is a, so that I, is I'm, so I'm excited and I don't want to go back. Uh-huh. That is great. Now, you also represent here at this venue a group that many people have heard of called It Is Written. You travel around the world for them. Isn't that right? Yes. It Is Written is, is an interesting uh, uh, group, organization. I know you often refer to it as a ministry. But uh, for those folks throughout Indian country who haven't heard of It Is Written, you're really, uh, unlike many organizations that have Christian underpinnings or a Christian mission, you really take an interest in whole person health. Uh, I know that because your uh, your director, John Bradshaw, has had me on the, uh, the TV show a number of times talking about health. For those who don't know anything about It Is Written and uh, want to know about some of the resources you have, tell us about those. Well, the... the easiest way to to even watch it is written because we are primarily a, a media ministry is uh, to go to it is written dot tv it is written dot tv and there you can watch all of our programs and we have a, a huge diversity of programs ranging with an emphasis on health emphasis on prophecy emphasis on on church history and how it relates to what is happening today and they're really really good programs john bradshaw is just an excellent uh, preacher and, and godly communicator I'll tell you, just uh, by way of, uh, of admission, I think John Bradshaw, your, your uh, leader there, um, is one of my wife's favorite speakers. And he's got this one-minute short, uh, you know, kind of giving you focus for the day. What, what do they call it? Every, every word? Every word. Every and, word. And, and for that, uh, uh, you know, I, sh- I should probably know the, the exact website. But if you go to itiswritten.com, itiswritten.com, uh, there, there is a tab that will enable you to go to every word and subscribe so that every night at 3 a.m., I've checked it. Uh-huh. It, it, it arrives, you receive the email with today's uh, edition of the every word. Tremendous. Eve, thank you so much for joining us. Eve is with It Is Written. Wonderful story and a wonderful uh, ministry or organization. It is written.tv or it is written.org. We've got to run. Thank you for joining us for another edition of American Indian Living from the venue of Louisville, Kentucky. I'm Dr. David DeRose, as always, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.